All right, there goes the sheet music. Beautiful. Got a couple errors in it. All right, we are live, everybody. Welcome to Dojo U Live. Getting back at it here after the uh, World Pipe Band Championship break here. And uh, I'm just getting my computer finagled here as we, uh, let's see. Is this what I want to do? I think yeah, this is what I want to do. We're looking forward to getting back to our regular routine here and uh, reviewing the, the awesome recordings of our weekly the, tunes here. Uh, you? Yeah, how's that for an intro, Andrew? Not bad. So, um, <clears throat> what is Dojo U Live, you ask? Well, a Dojo University membership has all sorts of awesome stuff in it, like courses, live classes, private Facebook group, daily dose program, so on and so forth. Uh, but as people are developing their bagpiping skills on our site each and every day, there's got to be a few checkpoints to shoot for to keep our heads straight and not get lost in the deep hole of bagpipe knowledge. You know, where you think about stuff too much and don't actually play. So that's where Dojo U Live comes in. Each week, we offer up a mission to the players at Dojo U. This week's mission is uh, viewable on the Dojo U website. Let me see if I can get it over here. Uh, here we go. Uh, learn the first two parts of keel row. Don't necessarily have to memorize it. This is more uh, an exercise in performance than it is about like mastering an entire tune in one week, right? Study and focus especially on great grace note quality and tonal production, and we talk a lot about what that means at Dojo U. Uh, we want people to do as many daily little um, daily dose workouts as possible. And then before Thursday, August 23rd, which probably should read August 30th <laughs> at 7.30 a.m., we want folks to record the first two parts of Keel Row and submit the recording for feedback. And if the technique is too difficult, we would want students to simplify it uh, the best they can and still do a recording um, so that they can sort of practice their um, their basic performance, get some performance experience. Okay, so we now have several submissions here at Dojo U that we're ready to critique. So let's get started with the first one, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we're going to critique it afterwards. Shall we give it a go? Yeah, are you doing this one or am I? Um, I'm happy to do this one. I just have to bring up my scoring app. Okay. All right. Let me know when you're ready. Um, we have Roberta up first today. All right. Roberta, submission name, Keel Row. Submission date today. Let's, let's rock. Here we go.
All right. Can, can we run that one one more time? This is a short tune, so. You betcha. Here we go. Okay. So, Roberta, really nice job there. Thought that recording was was pretty good, um, though a little little uh, trouble there sometimes staying on the beat, and that's sort of a function of working on that balance between playing a really really good short note, the ASAPs, and um, and and fusing that into the downbeat that follows. And so sometimes you had a little tendency to be a little late there, falling behind. Um, also, we had a couple of early ASAPs that then helped you maybe catch up. So you got to review a little bit how we want to um, stay on the beat there, right? Uh, and and uh, that's sort of the, the hardest part of playing a tune like this. And then we also have a, a few small technique issues in there. Um, you know, th this is an easier stress bay, but it still is uh, quite a challenging thing to play. To it's really, really high it's still hard, isn't it, right? Like. Yeah, it's still really hard. There's no such thing as an easy stress bay, I don't think. No. <laughs> so how you doing there, Andrea? Almost done. Yeah. Um, and then, Roberta, I'm not sure what happened there in the first part, but um, right there in bar four, you had a couple of little weird, maybe hand slips. I don't know what happened there, but uh, a couple of little funky notes there from the bottom hand that snuck in. Okay, so, uh, you, it might be a good sign. It might be meaning that you're playing very relaxed and just need to work a little bit more on the accuracy. Um, or it might mean that you're too tense. So we could be on either way. All right, Andrew, run us through the score. All right, so uh, 74.7 today. Um, I think it makes sense. Roberta's usually in the low 80s, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but Strass Bay is really kind of put us to the test. Did you just change the format? Uh, no, stop. You can't do that. Carl. Oops. Very naughty. I wanted, to, I wanted to be able to see the whole thing. <laughs> very naughty. Oops. Sorry. Uncle Andrew's very upset Breaking with you. Breaking everything today. Andrew is very upset with you, Carl. Very naughty. Because it's all laid out. Like, so this particular view is laid out exactly for the live view. It took me like 18 hours to like lay it all out. So, Carl, bad boy. All right. It's embarrassing because we're live and I shouldn't be scolding you really, but you needed to be scolded there. So, anyway, Roberta, great job. Scale navigation, super great. I don't know why it's an error in our applet. Obviously, it should be 
but I think it's a typo. 4.35 scale navigation, very nice. Rhythmic accuracy, not always hitting the beat perfectly. And it's a result of working so hard to get the dot cuts to be good, right? And, and figuring out how long exactly is as long as musically possible. How long are we holding those dotted notes? Because if we calculate wrong, that by definition means that we're not going to hit the next beat on time, right? If, so for example, this goes for everybody, even if you don't care what ALAP ASAP is. Uh, ALAP, right, the dotted note, how long is that note gonna be? If you overestimate, if you overdo it, what does that mean about the next beat? You're gonna miss it. More specifically, more specifically, you're gonna be late if your dotted note is too long. It, it means you're gonna be too late. And then if you underdo it, if you, don't, if you don't hold it, for lack of a better term, if you don't hold it long enough, it, it automatically means you're gonna be early to the next beat or that the cut note is gonna be too long and not expressive, right? That's the layman's terms, right? Expressive, but we would call it not as short as musically possible. Capiche? Got me? So, so we're dealing so with... What's the, what's the solution here? Right, so we're dealing with that a lot in this performance. And the solution is, right, we're not really, we shouldn't really be trying to hold these dotted notes, right? Instead, we need to be doing the basic math or, um, you know, which is, I just have to play that dotted note the entire length of the beat. And then we just want to subtract the smallest um, note the length of that smallest possible note uh, from that, right? We don't want to be perform. We don't want to be trying to take a guess every single time there's a dotted note. We want to know for sure. That's a it's, Carl. You, I think you have it in mind. You can, you probably can explain it better. Well, yeah. What I'm what I'm really getting at there is the let's orient that short note not around a certain distance after the long note, but rather the exact distance before the next downbeat the beautiful click of that metronome yes and that's that's really what this is why it's so powerful is because it's something that doesn't change a short note if we if we all agree that it should be as short as possible to maximize the amount of music well then the short note doesn't change in size and a short note that's coming before the next downbeat never changes in position so if we can master that fundamental skill playing the short note right before that next downbeat ah well then it's going to be really easy to repeat mm -hmm. that, and you'll never be late because you're always aiming for that next downbeat and swishing that little short note right in there, clearly, but nice fitting it, fitting it in there. Nicely done. This is why I pay you the big bucks, Carl. <laughs> why I pay the big bucks. Uh, well, I mean, you know, medium, maybe medium bucks. I don't know. Anyway, uh, continuing as we run down the score. Uh, so rhythmic accuracy was definitely a sticking point. Grace note quality... Uh, Roberta, you were pointing out you had some misses, and uh, I think you should, Roberta says, this is why I never play Strass Bays in public. You should play Strass Bays in public. It's still better than 90% of Strass Bays. So you're in the 90th percentile here, but, but these are some of the issues that help you get into the 101, 102 percentile, kind of like, like me. Just kidding. That was a joke. Uh, going for some eye rolls. All right, uh, some some big sloppy grace notes in there, some missed grace notes. I don't know, maybe I was a little harsh on you in the grace note quality, but you know, I, th I think you can take it. Embellishment quality, pretty good. 
some D throws not perfectly by the steps. Some doublings, you know, uh, you you missed one or two, uh, etc. Dot cut quality and consistency pretty good. Some of the ASAPs not ASAPs meaning the cut notes, right? Some of them were too open. Uh, a lot of the cut dots ones where the the cut note we want to shrink it a little bit better for example the tackums that you played at the end of each part were great um, and we want all of the cut dot rhythms to kind of fit that mold conceptually right uh, tonal quality really awesome ever so slight mental blowing errors on the high hand what does that mean that means that um you know, you're, you're changing the way that you're blowing, maybe a little mini surge when you're going up to the high Gs and stuff like that. Roberta, do you agree? Just making sure you're hearing what I'm saying. Just waiting for her to chat back towards me. Still waiting, still waiting. All you have to say is yes. Oh, this is what she said. I adjusted my posture at the end of the first phrase. Well, if you're gonna adjust your posture, don't let it affect Get to the, end of the, tune. <laughs> the blowing. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Let's see. And then tuning was excellent. Super awesome. Like when I listen to bagpipes, I want it to sound like that. Um, with that said, the F was sharp. So, you know, it kind of takes away, it kind of takes away from that, like perfect, from that perfect, um, it kind of shatters the glass, right? When, when there's that one, especially when everything else is so good, all you need is for one note to be slightly out and, and it disproportionately decreases the enjoyment. Yeah, that, that's the sort of, that's the trap about as you get better and better, uh, the s things that used to fly under the radar now become the sticking point. Exactly. But, you know, we we, we got to keep that relative because at the end of the day, that was a really fantastic performance. Yes, let's not forget that that was really good. Everyone, let's not forget that. It's been, it's been a bit of a low-carb hamburger, you know? Like, good job, Roberta. Now here's all the bad stuff. And then let's not forget, it was good. Moving on. No, congratulations. Virtual applause uh, for Roberta. All right. Nice done. Um, so Are you ready for another? We're kind of ready. Um, so just to review, uh, what we're doing here is we're working through, I just want to review the, the scoring process for viewers. We're uh, working through objective fundamentals. So every performance is being evaluated based on the objective fundamentals that we teach here at Dojo University. Uh, when a student sends in the recording for critique, we're going to grade it, obviously. So I've got a little, uh, we've got a little online applet that we use just to get our scores. And that allows it to be consistent in the same way every time. So every performance is graded on the same scale. Um, and we do it numerically based on the following fundamentals. So scale navigation, quick review is basically avoiding all crossing noises. Okay, basic rhythm, playing everything exactly when you intend to play it. Uh, layman's terms, playing on the beat, getting all the, all the basic rhythms correct. We're not really talking about expression, just like quarter notes, eighth notes, and, and having them happen exactly where they should. Grace note quality, okay, making sure all the grace notes are infinitely small, synchronized to the note change. We talk a lot about that at Dojo U. We're not going to talk about it too much on the live stream unless... 
the opportunity comes up. Embellishments, obviously we want them to be played correctly by the steps. ALAP ASAP is our, you know, is our way of breaking down the idea of the expression of dot cut notes. And then on the bagpipe side, uh, we talk a lot about blowing mechanics and tuning and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So once they have numerical scores that reflect the quality of each of the fundamentals, they're combined to form a final fingerwork score and instrument score. And based on the two of those, you get your final tabulated score. Roberta's was 74.7. Pretty fun and extremely useful. And if people actually do their recordings, <laughs> uh, they get this experience every week. So you can see how you perform that day. And you can actually kind of see the improvement that you're making over time. It's not a perfect system, right? I don't think we're claiming that it is, but it's a great way to sort of gauge your pro progress. You know, and um, a lot of times what happens, right? You, you know, if Roberta is working on her getting rid of crossing noises, right? The next week she'll come back with really good crossing noise score, but some other fundamental has accidentally slipped through the cracks or something like that. Um, and so, so you can kind of keep track of the ins and outs of how things are going. So now as we continue with the show, you'll have a bit of background on what we're doing. So are we ready for the next one? Yeah, I just want to add there. The, the other thing to remember is this is scored out of zero to perfection. So the score is, is going to be relative to your level. And um, that's a really cool thing. So the scores don't necessarily mean anything. While we do all want to achieve a perfect 100, which nobody ever will, um, it's, it's relative to your score, and, and we can see that progression every week, which is that's, cool. So, that's, that's right. This is for anybody that's curious, right? Like, how does the rubric work? So in general, let me see. Uh, in general, so it's written out on our scoring thing. So five equals perfection. So we're not going to hand out hopefully very many fives because that's not really a thing. So you can't imagine a better performance. So a five might be reserved for like some of those Jack Lee performances that I've heard. Some aspects of those, like, like even those great legendary performances, you know, wouldn't probably have a five in every category, but you know, you might be like, oh, OMG, that technique is better than I could ever imagine. And that would be a five. Um, and then a four would be really good with slight imperfections that distract only a little bit from the performance, right? You know what I mean? And then you could be somewhere in between four and five, right? Uh, then three would be mediocre. Better way of putting that would be kind of like average. Imperfections that distract somewhat from the overall enjoyment. Uh, and this would be in any of the categories, right? So crossing noises. Um, right. You know, you're, the way that you're going from note to note, how is that? Well, if there's a few crossing noise issues here and there that are distracting a little bit from the performance, but you're still kind of pointed in the right direction, that's going to be a three. Uh, two would be like not great, major imperfections in the performance that distract significantly from the overall enjoyment. So now we're getting into significant problems. One would be you're not really getting it. And zero, which is, of course, not a realistic score either would be absolutely no example of that fundamental in your playing. Uh, and so, so that's the range that we evaluate each of the uh, things on. Okay. Let's do the next one. Anyway, here we go. Here comes John with his keel row. 
This is mine to score. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that while Carl does the grading uh, for that. So I thought the drones were a little bit on the quiet side. Mm. Just a little. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, uh, but that's good. John must be traveling or something. Cause I know he can rock out the full pipes, but probably just doing the best he could this week. So just doing it on the practice channel. So I thought that was pretty good. I definitely think we are going to uncover this being a bit of a theme, which is the rhythmic accuracy suffered in your attempts to get the dots and cuts going really well, I think. Um, John, are you out there somewhere? Maybe on the Facebook chat or on, on our internal chat? Maybe not. Maybe you did. Maybe you're not able to sign in today. But um, so it definitely seems to suffer a little bit in the attempts to get the A lap ASAP, and that's that's the key, right? That's the key to having control in a stress bay is being able to get the quote unquote expression that you need without sacrificing the other basics, right? And you hear a lot of this. Today is the Northern Meeting in Scotland where the best players from around the world get together and they play. And some of those performances that you're going to hear are going to suffer from the same problem. People working so much for expression that they abandon the basic musical fundamentals, right? How can you express something that's not rhythmical? Think about that for a second. Think about that concept, that idea. How can you express something that's not rhythmical? Suddenly your expression becomes irrelevant because people can't tap their foot to it and enjoy it. And a dancer is certainly going to have a hard time dancing to it, right? So, uh, and, and that's not, I think John is trying to hit the beats, but, but we're losing it in the attempts to get the A-lap ASAP there. This is the third part. I'm exaggerating, but this is the kind of stuff that you hear all the time. People's efforts to express, but abandoning the basic thing, which is rhythmic accuracy, which is more or less achieving that steady 
accurate controlled rhythm throughout the performance. It's not to say that there's not some slight inflection there. The slight strong weak medium weak that you might hear in a lot of performances that are good, sure. There's some there's some leeway with the beats, but there still has to be that foundation of that rhythmic regularity in order for it to be a successful dance tune. And I'm on a tangent. Carl, let's do this. All right, here we go. So, um, John, I thought that was really good overall. Um, general scale navigation I thought was good. There was just a few small catches there, but, I mean, I, I thought those were pretty small personally. So I thought that's a good score there for scale navigation. Andrew already mentioned the little rhythmic accuracies uh, issues there, and that sort of ties into the ASAP ALAP, right? Some of those ASAPs ended up being way too small, almost crushed before your E-doubling, for example. And now that's a really difficult one, fitting that short F into the E-doubling, getting the E-doubling correct. Um, and so for me, you did a good job of articulating the E-doublings, but the F uh, suffered before that. Uh, so something to watch out for there. Um, the ASAPs getting a little bit too small, almost disappearing. Some of them were a little too large, dragging you into the, the realm of a little even. And then sometimes we just had that little um, movement of the beat. So in the, the rhythmic accuracy there. Um, as a whole, I thought you did a really good job working towards getting that, right? It's clear that you're working to get onto the beat with consistent ASAPs. And it's just not quite um, perfect yet. And it will continue to improve there. Um, Let's see, embellishment qualities, dethrows, okay, but not, not hearing those three steps. I'd really love to hear each step accurate, evenly spaced, um, nice nice three step, or four step if you want to be able to play the heavy ones, uh, but you're playing the light ones there, so uh, three steps for a dethrow there. Just as a quick review, low G, D grace note to C is step two, and lift to D is step three. That's how we can, if we equally space each one of those steps, that's how we can get awesome consistent, amazing dethrows. And uh, yeah, obviously no tonal or tuning scores. And then Andrew was just talking a little bit about that dance feel and moving maybe some of that uh, uh, expression and moving some of the beats maybe a little bit. That would fall into the style score, which we're not generally using here uh, because uh, we're, we're really focused more on the fundamentals um, and getting those correct first before we move on to something more advanced like expression. There it is. There you go. Nice job. Uh, I'm assuming John must have uh, not been able to make it today, but good job, John. I know you're out there. Yeah, good job. You'll catch the recording. Super fun times. Super fun times. So we do the next one? Yeah, here it comes. Just got to upload it. Here comes back. Well, I'm, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while because I've been away. Yeah, I'm on this one. I've been away for a while, so uh, I'm, I'm a little rusty getting back into this. But this is great. I remember why we do this because it's super awesome. And it would appear that while the cat's been away, the mice have been at play, but not playing their pipes, not submitting on Wednesday like they're supposed to. But we're going to work on that. Sort of true, because I, I had good submissions the last two weeks. We had like eight, nine, ten, ten recordings. So So have your critiques just not been... Maybe they're just afraid of you, Andrew. Maybe. Why? Why? Why are you afraid of me? All I do is tell the truth. 
in all of its glory. Okay, so. You ready? Who's next? Uh, Beth is next. Beth. Kilro. Okay. I am ready. Here we go. Let's run it again. All right. You got it. So Beth, nice job there. Um, definitely great to get back up on the pipes there. Um, when you were just saying it was really hot yesterday and your pipes were melting. <laughs> that's uh, it's challenging when it play it's hot. You know, that's a, it's another reason why we need to get out and do that more often because um, we do play in environments that are not perfectly stable, climate controlled, without any distractions. And so it's great practice. Now, a um, couple of small issues there. Right, we had some fundamental scale navigation issues, and that's probably brought out in large part due to the complexity of this tune. Um, trying to work on everything else, like um, having good ASAPs and fusion, as we've been talking about in the classes, it might be easier, uh, it might be better to simplify it a little bit, and maybe take out some of the embellishments to work on that scale navigation a bit. A few crossing noises. I think the big one that popped out there made a big old pop was going right into the second part from E to high A right after that E strike, which is sort of challenging, right? To play that quick strike and get back up to high A. Very, very not easy. So we got to get that strike in there and get to E, uh, or high A, E, e cleanly. Um, and then there was a few other moments there where the fingers are moving a little bit uh, and we're hearing just slight, slight issues there in the scale navigation. Um, 
Let's see. How are we getting? Are we getting close there, Andrew, or shall I? Pick getting up? close. Getting close. Um, let's see. Rhythmic accuracy. I thought was also pretty good there. It was. It was a little approximative, but you were approximately very close most of the time, um, and so that that that's challenging. <laughs> you know, we got to work work to be as accurate as possible all the time. But it's clear that you're doing that work to be more accurate. So that's a good step. Um, Beth is on the Facebook chat. Says. Always a great spot for crossing noises for me. So, um, good job. Yeah. So my score. Um, keep in mind that you know even Roberta was lower than usual on this because this is really hard to do. Stress bays are really hard to do because, and it's not because, and we're playing at a slow tempo, but it's because each beat has extremely condensed packets of information that need to be executed perfectly every single time a beat comes up. They're all very tightly packed, right? You know what I mean? There's these little groups of ASAPs surrounding every beat and then, and for them to come out well, it's really hard. And then, you know, it's just hard. in the embellishments on top of that. Well, yeah. and. Embellishments, of course, are packets of ASAPs as well. Um, you know what I mean? So, but I, I digress. Scale navigation, a few issues, especially that pesky little bit in the second part. I think you're letting that little E bit to the high A, I think you're letting that get in your head. Like yesterday, when you weren't thinking about it, it was coming out great. Um, and then when you were thinking about it, that's when it was coming out badly. I think, I think that'll sort itself out over time. Uh, rhythmic accuracy was actually like really not that bad and pretty good. Um, hitting the beats pretty darn well. Um, now for the bad news. Uh, grace note quality, really big grace notes. And on a lot of the cut dot figures, we have synchronization errors. You're getting to the cut note before you're getting to the grace note. So uh, the the... We're getting that extra sound because the grace note isn't happening at the same time as the note itself. And then embellishments, needless to say, the D throws weren't really being played properly by the steps. But then the other embellishments were suffering from the big grace note issues that we were having with the grace notes. Um, dot cut quality was actually pretty close. You're pretty close to really having the idea, but sometimes... You're just skipping it all together. That, that's just a, an example. I don't remember the exact spots, but like sometimes the ALAP ASAPs are great. And if we can get that closer to becoming every time, um, then, then that means you're, you're starting to get it for sure. Tonal quality, we had some major issues, including some chokes and some uh, just general blowing issues, right? Going up to the high hand, surging on the blowing, and then trying to kind of recover from that, and that's probably causing some of the chokes. Tuning, not too bad. Drones, pretty okay with each other. Pretty good to low A. Um, and then some of the notes are out of tune and the heat doesn't help and all that stuff. So, so there you go. That's what brings together your final score. 
But I thought it was pretty good improvement on the tuning um, there, generally. Mm -hmm. like that, so that's yeah. cool. Not bad. Making progress there. <sighs> Sweet. I forgot, of course, while while listening to you, Andrew. There I was throwing. I was so enthralled um, that I forgot to load up the next one. So here comes the next recording. Just loading it up. This could be a good time to check in with the Facebook chat. Just Beth responding. Right, you understand. Mm -hmm. Not that many live viewers, you know, didn't really promote this one that much. Getting back into the swing of things. People can watch it later. Simple one. Doesn't always have to be fancy. How many more do we have? Uh, this would be the last one. This last one? Short show today, folks. This is what happens when people in the student body are lazy. <laughs> oh, or busy. I think also no. I know for a fact that a lot of people are going back to school this week. So. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, I have something going on in my life. I better drop everything I do that gives my life meaning. You know what I mean? Wow. Like you don't, you don't stop brushing, you don't stop brushing your teeth because you're about to go back to school, right? So why would you stop taking five minutes out of the entire week to make a recording to gauge your progress on an instrument that you love to play? On that note, Amanda, who probably is going back to school this week and submitted a recording anyway. Can't win. You can't win. All right, here we go, Amanda. Just to, uh, pausing for a moment, I remember she messaged me at some point, or I saw somewhere that she's she's trying to do multiple clicks per beat, so um, that's why it sounds a little different. doing here is presumably something that we sometimes talk about, which is um, sometimes we talk about letting the metronome click a couple of times to represent one beat. But the problem is she's giving the first quarter note four clicks, which is interesting. But then the second quarter note is not getting four clicks. It's getting any number of clicks and it's not really symmetrical. So this could be a good exercise. Definitely a great way of simplifying and slowing things down. Let me turn my metronome on. 
but we have to be consistent across all the rhythms. So, uh, you know, in the first part, That's a great way, and I do like that exercise quite a bit. It's a great way to give your brain lots of time to set yourself up for the next jam-packed group of little short events that needs to happen. Uh, a man does not, it's like, it's coming out very, uh, what's the word, misconstrued or something like that because she's not giving four complete clicks to every beat. It, it's getting mixed up. so. So um, let's finish this out, but, uh, but that's what's going on and, and uh, I think that's what the issue is. It's making it hard to follow. We can stop there. Um, just going for it again, going for another loop. I like that. Um, so you're scoring and I'm providing commentary. So I already spoke a little bit about like what the issue is there. I mean, there's some interesting stuff in there. Like some of the embellishments are coming through pretty nice. Um, scale navigation seems okay. I really can't tell if the pipe sounds decent or not because the the distortion of the recording so amanda you really have to sort something out to get a better quality recording of your bagpipes um, it's not that hard to do like at, at the very least you could muffle your iphone uh, you could put like a few towels around it or sometimes i like to put my iphone just under a nice heavy duty pillow or something um, and that'll kill that'll kill the decibel level allowing your iphone to pick it up a little bit better um, if you're going to be doing this every week though, spend a hundred bucks and get a zoom recorder because that'll give you a really good sound quality every time. And, um, I'm getting, I'm getting some pushback that it's, that I claimed that it's easy to record yourself once a week, by the way. So once we finish your score, I have to battle, I have to, uh, okay. I have well, to battle with first, the constituents. All right. Okay, here we go. So Amanda, I mean, there's not much more that I'm going to add to that. Andrew already um, had most of the stuff in there. But um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to score there because we weren't consistent with that metronome. So 
that's why you see the rhythmic accuracy is quite lower than usual. And I know Amanda usually does a pretty good job there, uh, and, and she's improving steadily with that. So that's really good. Um, dot cuts consistency. Now, there's good and bad here. Some of them were super, super round, um, but others were actually really, really accurate right on, um, right before the click of the next metronome. Um, so some were really good size and, and were very well oriented towards the next beat. Um, so it, it was very interesting because there were some really good aspects followed by some really not so good aspects, right? Um, and so if we can just yeah, work on those, those things that gave you a little trouble in this recording, We'll have a good, a much, a much better improvement there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we were talking about the tonal and tuning quality. That's, it's really hard to hear. Um, they, they, they sounded the drone sounded out of tune to me. But um, it was yeah. super distorted, though. Like I think you're right, but you can't be sure. And we want to be sure. We want like a recording that represents what we sound like. So, yeah. Um, some some grace notes sync errors. Some grace notes coming in a little big. Um, missing some embellishments, but some others, again, another two, two, two sides here, some really good, some really clear, articulated well with good, even steps, others just missing a little bit. So there you go, Amanda. Keep up the good work. Really, really positive stuff here. Uh, and, you know, like... So build, build on the positive stuff. Yeah, and um, you made a submission that puts you, yeah. that puts you in my good books. Um, and you're definitely, like... Just add 10 points for, for this. Exactly. For like, submitted this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 10 points, like, permanently. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's me on my uh, phone. Oh, Ingo's watching from Germany. Welcome. I'm sure I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Ingo, but all I see is you online, and that's how I pronounce it in my head. So, five minutes. This is someone. It's anonymous. I won't reveal who this uh, whiner is. I mean, who this nice person is. Five minutes. He has no idea the struggle on this end. Okay. So, what you do is, and I'm going to do something weird here. I'm going to take my camera. Right there. See this thing right here? That guy is a recorder. All right. It's always on. Armed to record. So when it comes time to do my recording, which I do several times a week, you got the pipes going, you know, you know how you might reach up with your right hand to tune your drone sometimes on your bagpipes? I take that very same hand. Instead of reaching up to the drones, I reach over <laughs> to the recorder, press the record button, then wait for it. I reach up, I tweak those drones one more time if I have to. And then I record myself. When I'm done with my tune, sometimes I don't even stop my pipes. I reach over, press the record button again, and I'm done. Piece of cake. That should not be a struggle. And if it is, like, I get it. The first couple times the technology can be a little, like, iffy, but you got to write it down. I, this is simple for me. I'm a technology person, but if it's not, you, you could write down the steps on a piece of paper. Like first I have to turn it on. Second, I have to do this. Uh, these are the settings I need. Write it down what you need to do before you start. So your re recorder is armed and ready. Uh, or, or find a 20, 30 something year old um, and, uh, and have them write it they'll, out. They'll be able to help you write out the lists, the, the steps very easily. 
um, so that you can get something that's easy for you to record every week. And, and that's the goal. And we don't have to have a perfect recording. I get it. Like, I understand it's tempting to play the victim, right? And say, like, it's just too hard to record. Oh, I just can't do it this week. Yeah, you can do it. You could do it this week. You could do it every time you play. As a matter of fact, the memory cards that they make now, right? You could press record at the beginning of every practice session and record the entire practice session for an hour. You could do that every single day for 365 days and still not fill up your memory card, right? Like it's, um, you, you can and maybe, I, I wouldn't say, I, I definitely don't, right? There are some days that I'm not gonna record myself, it's not that kind of day, but most days when I'm having complete run-throughs of my tunes, the recorder is going. Sometimes I don't even listen to the recordings, but, but they're there, I can go back to them if I want to. Um, and so you have to make it, even if you're not a Dojo U member, you have to make it so recording yourself is easy. You have to do it. Um, because you just do. Estimation not certain for every device. Well, it depends on your settings. If you're doing full-blown waveform, like studio quality audio, it's not gonna work, but you can set your settings to 128 kilobytes per second MP3. And then, uh, you know, a 64 gig memory card can record like 2,000 hours of audio or something. It's crazy. It's cool. It's amazing. Uh, it's part of being a musician, I think, is, uh, evaluate, is, is performing and evaluating your performance and stuff like that. So Beth Paul says, play pipes for 10 minutes. Two, let pipes sit for 10 minutes. Three, bring recorder from downstairs, computer upstairs to practice room. Come on, really? Play and record, not five minutes. Okay, here's what you do. Play pipes for 10 minutes. While the pipes are sitting for 10 minutes, set up your recorder if you have to. You shouldn't have to. It should just always be there, ready to go. She's giving. And then record. It doesn't take five minutes, but it doesn't take, in, in your argument, it takes zero time because it's built into your normal practice regime. So, no, I do not accept. Ah, the moral of the story is we would love your recordings because um, it's great to, to help uh, you guys progress each week, and that's just one of the ways that it, it helps. So um, keep them coming. We're looking forward to more next week. Hopefully we'll get a, a full batch of them. Oh, we'll get more next week. And then you don't have to listen to We're us getting more. Labbing on as much. <laughs> I mean, um, 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 I've been there, right? I've been there. Uh, which is that like, um, which is that like, there's something that's just too much of a hassle to be able to figure it out, but you owe it to yourself to figure it out. Uh, it's a great way to simulate the stress of a performance, right? One of the reasons Willie McCallum is such an amazing piper, I say this a lot, but one of the reasons he's such an amazing piper is he has spent more time competing in front of a judge and audiences. You spend more time actually competing in front of an audience or a judge than most of us have spent piping. 
right? That's why he's such a great, it's part of why. I mean, obviously uh, there's, there's tons of passion and, uh, uh, you know, ability and practice and hard work and, and like personal expression and voice and all that stuff that go into it. But like, he doesn't get scared when he performs and he's able to produce great performances largely because of how much experience he has performing. How are you going to get that experience? Most of us play in a pipe band and the vast majority of our experience in a pipe band is just practicing with the band in the practice hall with no real pressure, tons of echo. So you can't really hear that much detail. Um, but then what happens is when you go with your band out on the field, things tend to fall apart. Why is that? It's not for lack of preparation. It's lack for it's lack of proper like performance experience. So we panic, right? Every little thing that goes wrong, we think it's the end of the world. And it happens as we're solo pipers as well. So a big, a huge, and I mean, it happens at the worlds as well, right? Great bands can crumble because suddenly the performance matters so much and you have no experience in that position where your performance suddenly means the world, literally, uh, and you crumble. Uh, would you get on an airplane if your pilot was like super nervous about flying, about flying airplanes? You're like, I've never, never flown a real airplane before. Super nervous. You wouldn't want to ride on that. That has to arrive at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point he was nervous, but uh, they have so much flight experience in the air that they can calmly fly a metal hunk of like machinery thousands of miles through the air uh, competently almost every single time. So anyway, Beth, is, you are still getting it done. So uh, hats off to you and the other three people who submitted this week. <clears throat> we used to have like 18. We're going back. We're trying to get, we've got to get at least more than 10 for next week. People slacking off. Next week will be good. I think that's it for today's episode. I see no reason to carry this on. Let's have a look at the, tri the Troy cityscape. It's kind of interesting. They, they appear to have, whoops, there's some sort of X in the middle of the screen and it's not loading. So it may have backfired on Happy me. Birthday? To, to somebody? Robert? Whose birthday is it? Happy birthday, Robert? Well, happy birthday, Robert. Happy birthday, Robert. Wait a minute. Oh, there's one more thing we have to address. Why did Robert say... I, okay, fine. You can do that. Uh, Robert said earlier in the chat, and I have, to, I have to approach him about this. He said something along the lines of, Carl is my new favorite instructor. Expl explain yourself. Explain yourself, Robert. Because I clearly remember we had a moment yesterday or the day before where we shared our love for the Dave Matthews Band and for Metallica. And I thought we had a thing going. I thought, I thought we had a connection. You were supposed to write that on the back of a $20 bill and mail that to me instead of in the chat box. <laughs> Kindler, gentler dojo, whatever. You should hear Carl behind the scenes. He's a rat bastard. That is not true. That is 100% he gets He gets really mean, guys. He gets really mean. <sighs> uh, I'm not mean, people. I'm just... Honest and a little sarcastic. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. I hope that, that was a fun show. I thought it was fun. It was, it was short. There. It was short, sweet, some solid recordings. And, uh, and, and solid progress. We say it every week, but it's true, guys. You make progress every week. And it's evident to us, and it should be also now to you in reviewing those scores. We've got some big changes to Dojo U coming up, coming down the pipe. So we're super excited about those. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. I think I want to do, I think I might do a live broadcast uh, about all the changes uh, at some point yeah. in the fairly launch new. Event. Yeah, like a launch, a launch live show, something like that. So anyway, I digress. That's it. Bye, everybody. <laughs>